we are always along this river, this path, and we're led to things. And so in every moment, the only thing to figure out is where is your alignment in that river? It's okay. not about figuring it out because you don't know what's on the other side of the door and it's not your business. Your job is to have the courage to choose the alignment of that river. Hi guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the Kathy Heller podcast. Happy 2024. I hope that this year is a good one, a really good one. I hope that there's so many breakthroughs for you, for all of us. I hope that there's so much peace. I used to use these words for the new year. People would say, what's your word this year? And I would say expansion. And what I want more than anything is peace that feeling that washes over you when your soul is at peace. There's this inner quiet, this feeling of wholeness. That's what I want. I want that feeling within me, and I would love that feeling all around me and all around the world. It's interesting because today was New Year's Day, and I had such a good cry. There's so many things that feel like they're so hard right now. My dad is sick. He is battling cancer. And my marriage is all kinds of hard. And I did a healing with a healer the other day, and she was talking to me about all the places where I have held onto past pain that just kind of gets stuck in the system, in the body, on a somatic level. So there's all that. And also life is so beautiful at the same time, right? There's so much to be grateful for. And there's also so much heaviness, you know, in the world, especially being a mom, being a Jewish mom, being a person who's feeling the pain of what's happening around the world right now. There's a lot. And so, you know, we were together with a bunch of friends today and we were pulling cards. My friend Kate brought a oracle deck and the card that I pulled was like a heavy card. And I actually felt like, no, this is it. This makes sense. It is heavy. But sometimes in the breakdown, there's the breakthrough. And sometimes there's just a season for facing and being with great or being with things as they are. And sometimes what they are is hard. So if you're going through a season like that, I see you. And I think adulting is a lot for all of us. And at the same time, just being able to be with it, whatever it is, is healing. So here we are, right? Here we are. And I'll keep you posted on how things evolve. And just to say a few more words about my marriage, you know, my husband is such a kind, sweet human being. And he also doesn't always want to meet me where I am. He has his own way of dealing where he sometimes puts up his wall or he sometimes doesn't want to have these conversations that can lead to a lot of feelings. And so that makes a situation where I don't always feel seen or sometimes I feel alone in that. And I grew up with two parents who were so wrapped up in their own stuff that I felt alone a lot of the time, even when I was sitting right beside them. So it's interesting what we all walk through, what we choose, what we co-create, and how we find our way home. So today I'm going to share a piece of a call that we just did in the quilt. The quilt is this membership that I have, by the way, which is, it's like my favorite thing that I do. And if you want to be with me every week for two hours and just sit beside each other, sit around the campfire and have these like beautiful 
conversations. These women are so extraordinary. And we get on Zoom. We do usually like a 10-minute meditation. There's always this incredible feeling of like connection and release and this coming back to our center. We usually go into breakout rooms and chat a little with the beautiful members in the quilt. And then I do coaching and I talk to women in front of everybody and we have these amazing conversations. And there's all these beautiful just moments of clarity. If you want to join the quilt, you really should <laughs> because you would love it. You can go to kathyheller.com slash quilt. And if you DM me on Instagram, I'll see if my team can make some kind of a code for the new year to give you a little extra something off. So what you're going to hear today is a little clip from Betsy, Amber, and Daniela. And you'll just hear what they brought to the session and what they were working through. I think that you'll find these powerful and relatable. So take a listen. So I want you to take out a pen and paper and just journal on what would 2024 feel like if you lived it from that place, that place you were just in? What would it feel like? What might it look like? What might transpire if you lived 2024 from that part of you that you just connected with, from that centered, soul-level, conscious place, what do you see through those eyes? What would this new year bring and how would it feel? Take a moment to just journal about that. It's amazing, by the way, just reading the chat, like feeling more at home, calm, intuitive, manifestation galore, tons of receiving, receiving love. It's like, it's incredible when you change the radio what broadcast you can hear. We don't realize how powerful we are. We don't realize how powerful energy is. We just don't realize it. We're so hell-bent on seeing things as we think they are that we're blinded to everything that's hidden in plain sight because we're just not hearing that music because we're not tuned to that station. And when we change the tuning, we're like, oh, it's like a door opened up. It was like always there. It's like being in Alice in Wonderland. It's like, oh, there's a door. Oh, it's right here. Oh, this is available. This is available. This is available. Because you energetically are now in a totally different space. And therefore, you're creating different. Because you are a creator at all times. You are creating. You're 3D printing at all times, whether you know it or not. Okay. So let me let a few of you share. Betsy, do you want to share? Hi. Hi. Oh my gosh. So yes, uh, I have to back it up just a little bit because of the complete change of my perspective since following you and being involved in, in all of the things that you do and just taking on your positive, incredible mindset. So the response that I had to the recent thing here was how being expansive and open and full of radical possibilities. And the word radical to me is like, it's blowing my mind how differently I think about things now than I did, you know, six months ago, even. And when the earlier question that you had asked about the holidays and, and if there were challenges or, or things, I, I've had a really crappy late summer and fall. My mom passed away on September 11th. Oh my gosh. And she'd been in the hospital for like six weeks prior to that. So I was dealing with her being in the hospital and we thought she was getting better and then she didn't get better. And then I had to come to grips with the fact that she had passed and I've lost all of my like original family, all gone, and three of them in the past six years. So it's like every two years, I lose a family member. So it's just me now. And I'm having a hard time. I've got my own family, husband and children, but like my original family, um, I was very close to all of them. And mm -hmm. the fact that it's been like one after the other um, has been really difficult for me. And so okay. I was, you know, kind of dreading this holiday. My mom was a super Christmassy kind of person, you know, mm -hmm. very over celebrated and all of that. And um the best kind of person. 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, she just loved Christmas and she was very generous. And even when she had nothing, she was so generous to all of us. And I worried about my kids and how they were going to react to her not being around. And and then I got sick and then I got sick again with something else. And it's just been like a lot. And so I was really looking forward to Christmas being like my time to just kind of be and take care of myself and everything else. So two days before Christmas, um, we got a phone call from my sister-in-law who had just gotten COVID. Not a bad case, just a mild case. But what that meant was that she was no longer going to be able to be with my mother-in-law for the day. So that meant that my husband had to go and sit with my mother-in-law for Christmas Day because they'd given all the caregivers the day off for Christmas. So instead of having a nice, relaxing Christmas at home with my family and in my jammies all day and taking care of myself, I'm now on the road driving two hours to sit at my mother-in-law's and care for her, be her caregiver. In the past, I would have reacted really badly, like to just really, you know, crying and just, why me? And all of this. And this year, it was very interesting when my husband approached me and said he had just gotten off the phone with his sister and that we were going to have to spend the Christmas in Poughkeepsie instead of Connecticut, I was like, okay, what does that mean exactly? Like, what are we going to do now? Are we going to still celebrate in the morning and then get in the car and drive? What are we going to do? And it was really weird. I was like total out-of-body experience where I was watching myself react and thinking to myself, gosh, what? This isn't the way you react. Like, you're usually <laughs> right? Like a little baby, like, things that aren't going as planned. And what am I going to do? And it was, it blew my mind to watch myself react that way. And so I was very calm about the whole thing. And I said, you know what? This is a family situation. So let's bring it to the kids and see what they say. And as a family, we decided to celebrate on Christmas Eve. So we found out Friday, Saturday night, we celebrated our Christmas Eve. And then Sunday, we celebrated our Christmas. And I was blown away by how my kids, I've got a 14-year-old, a 22-year-old, and a 26-year-old. So yes, two of them are adults. But I was so amazed at how they all kind of rallied around and they're like, okay, well, if this is, if we have to spend Christmas doing this other thing, then we'll just celebrate our own way. We'll just do our own thing. And it just blew my mind. It just blew my mind. And I thought to myself, okay, I feel like my reaction kind of set the tone for everybody else's reaction. I was just amazed by the whole thing. So we did. So we moved everything up a day. It was a little bit crazy at first because I wasn't quite prepared to lose a whole day. But we had a wonderful Christmas day. They're texting all their friends. This is what I got. This is what I got. And of course, their friends hadn't even celebrated Christmas yet. Then the four of us went to just my daughters and my husband and I went to Poughkeepsie and spent Christmas Day with my mother-in-law, which was lovely. And I thought, this is not how I used to be. I can't believe the change. And the other thing was on the way to Poughkeepsie, we're driving down the highway. We see a billboard. The Connecticut Powerball is up to $638 million. So I don't usually play the lottery. That's not really my thing. But I looked at that and I was like, that would be awesome. I would love to win that much money. (laughs) Right? Like how I think good Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Like how cool would that be? And I'm like, even after taxes, that's like, you know, three hundred million dollars. Like you could just be like, here's a million for you and here's a million for you. And I right. started thinking, like, seriously, what would I spend this money on? I would start a foundation, I would give to medical research, I would expand our library in our local town because our library is crap here. And I'm like so excited. Never in a million years would I have ever thought that way. I would have been like, oh my gosh. Who would want to win that much money? That's so much responsibility. What a burden to have to deal with that kind of money and worry about like losing it after you have it. And, you know, your kids turning out like crap because they've got too much money, like a total mind shift change. Yeah. And I was floored. So, of course, we played last night, didn't win a thing. But it was so funny because I thought I could have this amount of money and be okay. I could have hundreds of millions of dollars, and it would be okay for me to have that. I've never thought that way before. I've never thought that way, Kathy. All of this, with the exception of how painful it is that you lost your family, which is just so painful, 
But all of this is like listening to music. It's like you just gave everybody a sound bath with your amazing energy because weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. It's like you just kept finding your equanimity, which allowed your family to find it. And it's like a Christmas movie (laughs) that you have all, you know, wound up bringing Christmas to somebody who was kind of forgotten and it wasn't really glamorous. And yet you all were okay and like realized that you can do it the next day. And really every day can be Christmas, you know? I love that so much. I love the very realness of that. I love that the story doesn't end with the Powerball because you don't need it, really. And I love that you got that you can have it and you be okay with it and that you would trust yourself to enjoy it and do the right things with it. And I think that that's all such good medicine for us. So thank you so much for sharing that. I'm just like enjoying so much. You know, once in a while, things like that happen to all of us where like, you know, the best laid plans kind of fall apart. And um, I have a friend who he's a rabbi and he's always like walking the walk. He's just such a kind human being. And I had a plan to do a certain thing and the weather wasn't good. And so we wound up not being able to do it. And instead, I, I went to Starbucks and like I was meeting him for coffee. And there was a man who was wearing like braces on his legs and his shoes were untied and he went over and tied his shoes and I like literally cried my eyes out and I realized that that was the best gift ever to witness that. Like we don't realize what we actually want is something other than what we think we want. Like we think what we want is a moment the way that we've decided it needs to be. But what we always want is that feeling of being more connected to God or more connected to our soul or more connected to something infinite. That's what we actually want. That's what we want all the time, more connection. Mm -hmm. And so when you have moments that actually create more connection, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if you're watching planes, trains, and automobiles and this guy uh, sells shower curtain rings and winds up with this guy and like that's where the connection comes from, right? It's like we didn't come here looking for a certain pile of things. We were always looking for what you found and that is always available. And when you realize that that is everywhere, that is the Powerball, that every moment there is a moment where you can have more connection by finding the godliness in other people, by finding the sweetness in doing something so kind like that, by finding the capacity to receive oh something for yourself, right? Like that deeper thing is always available and it's delicious. And um, I love that you shared that. It was a great story. Thank you. Thank you. I, I was... In the breakout room, room, I was telling Denise, I'm like, I want to be brainwashed by Kathy in the best possible way. Because the way you think and your perspective are like, they're just gold. They're everything. And and I'm so, right. you know, you listen to people talk, you listen to podcasts and you listen to, you know, you read your books and everything and you hear what someone is saying and you hope that it's somehow being integrated into who you are. But until you're tested, like having your Christmas plans blown up at last minute. Yeah, that's pretty big. It is. You don't realize. You don't realize. And then you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm reacting differently. It's like the best gift ever that anyone could ever give you is that gift of self-awareness and the fact that we have a choice to react the way we want to react. We don't have to just react the way we always have it can change and and that's the gift that you've given me this oh my god that's so generous and i receive it and i love you and i love getting to be with all of you and also you know i've said this before but when you take that stance you yourself you love other people into life you turn them on in a different way they start to see how much more is possible i think i may have maybe shared this with you but About a month ago, my middle daughter 
ran for student president of her class. And she's more of the shy one out of my three girls. And that is a little bit typical because she's the middle. And my baby one is the one she gets a lot of attention. And that's, I think, a little bit typical. And my oldest is kind of bossy. And maybe that's typical, too. My middle one is very just even Steven and a little bit on the more introverted side. And she came to me and said, Mom, I want to run for class president. And I was really excited for her, but I didn't want to act like, oh, my God. So I was like driving and she was in the back and I was like, that's so cool. And a few days later, she's like writing something. And I said, oh, what are you writing? And she's like, oh, I'm I'm writing my speech because I have to give a speech to the class, to the fifth grade. And there's three fifth grade classes of 64 kids in the three classes, and they all get to vote. And there were three kids running. There was uh, one kid running per class is how it worked out. And I asked her, oh, do you want help with your speech? And she's like, no. And I said, okay. And I just kind of chilled on it. And she went. And then I knew the day that it was like election day, whatever. And she came home and I like didn't want to like ask right away because I figured if she won, she would probably tell me. And then when she didn't tell me, I figured maybe she didn't win. So I kind of like kept my cool. And then when we got home, I said, oh, what happened with the election? And she said, oh, I didn't win. And when she said it, she started to tear up. And she was in the kitchen making herself a peanut butter sandwich. She goes, I didn't win. And she's like crying. So then I started to tear up. So I said, what happened? And she said, well, Oliver, he ran and I ran. And then this other girl, Remy. And um, I said, oh. And she said, Remy gave a really good speech. And she won. And she said, and she was really good. And she said it with like no malice. And I thought that was like even more making me cry. And she said, you know, before we voted, my teacher, who's been there for 30 years, she's an amazing teacher. And she also does the play. She's like a just delicious teacher that we should all have had. Anyway, she said she told all of us that if you're running for president, you can vote for the other person running or for yourself. And so I said, oh, I said, so what did you do? And she said, I voted for Remy. And I lost it. <laughs> bawling. And um, she said she did a really good job. And she goes, I lost by one point. And then she went to her room. And then I got a call from her teacher. And her teacher said, did Eliza tell you what happened today? And I said, she just told me. And she said, I've been here for 31 years. And I've never seen the kid that's running not vote for themselves. And I went into Eliza's room and I said, you know what, Eliza? You won. You won the whole thing. And I was crying so hard from like this place inside of me. And she said, but mom, I didn't. And I said, no. I said, do you know what Mrs. Eatry just told me? And I like wiped her tears. I go, Eliza, look how you win. Look what you did. Don't you see? And she like got it. And I said, by the way, what was Remy's speech about? And she said, she said she would do a pajama day and ice cream party. And I said, what's in your speech? So she shows me her speech. And I had taken the whole school to a soup kitchen called Our Big Kitchen LA. And she said, well, I told them that we could go back to the soup kitchen because it was really fun. And it is really fun. And the kids really liked it. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't help her with that. And she's like, I should have set an ice cream party. The kids didn't want to go back. And that's what I'm trying to say, is that that is the best outcome ever. Because for the rest of her life, whether she remembers that story or not, I won't forget that, right? <laughs> and so she thought she wanted to win class president. And on some level, I'm sure she did, because it's kind of fun. You get a few perks. But she won so much bigger because in 31 years, she made a different choice. She chose to give credit to someone 
when it was the obvious thing to do to vote for herself. Can you imagine one of the presidents of the United States going in that ballot box and voting for the other guy? You know what I mean? It was awesome. And so I had the most love in my heart. I can't even tell you. I told my sister I was bawling. I was like, oh my gosh, I had to tell like four people that story like in the same day. So I think it's that kind of story that you just told, right? It's like, we think we want a certain thing, but really we always want this other thing. But this other thing is sometimes hidden in plain sight. And that's where all the richness is. That's where all of it is. So I'm so glad that you guys let me share that story. But I'm so glad that, see, your goodness allowed me to remember to tell that story. So thank you. Merry Christmas, everybody. That's very sweet. That's very sweet. Uh, And what a testament to you to raise a daughter like that. Thank you. I really love that. And I'm not sure my older one would have done that. So I'm I'm an equal opportunity (laughs) parent. (laughs) I'm not a perfect parent, that's for sure. But yes, I think Eliza, she looks the most like me and I think she acts the most like me, but I'm just keeping it real. I don't think my older one would have done that. And she's also a great kid, but she's, I said to her, would you have done that? She's like, hell no, I would have voted for myself. So anyways, it's all good. I love hanging out with you guys so much. Betsy, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Beautiful. What a beautiful share. Amber, I'm going to call you up. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm so emotional right now. And that story just made me even more emotional. But I also have a daughter who's in fifth grade. So I know what that feels like. Yeah. Oh, I love you. I'm so happy to be here. Um, This is my (laughs) first time talking to you like this. The meditation that I had was so, I didn't even know that I was feeling emotional until, until you told us to close our eyes and you started talking. And then all of a sudden, my face scrunched up and I just had tears running down my face. And what I was receiving was like how you felt about your daughter, that like, I'm so proud of who you are. That's what I was receiving from me. Like, I had this overwhelming sense of, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And I, you know, I think I spend a lot of time focused on what's not going well or what I'm not doing or what should be and all the things. And today, this morning, I, I had an appointment with someone who's helping me face my fears around my finances. And I'm really getting like, okay, I'm going to face this. And, you know, I'm divorced. I went through a divorce in 2020. I've got two kids. The holidays brought up a lot of feelings for me. Um, but I just had this feeling like nothing's changed yet externally, but I feel so proud of myself for like, I just keep showing up, you know, like I just keep saying, yes, I did your abundant ever after course. I did your podcast course. I started a podcast with Steri, who's in the quilt. I met you at your sister's one woman show because I wrote a one woman show and I have a book coming out. And I'm like, for all the time I spend beating myself up, Today, I got to really just like get into this energy of, you know what? I'm so proud of who I am. And so 2024, when what you asked us to reflect was, what would 2024 reflect back to me would be like a manifestation of a woman who's really, who sees her value. Like, I was like, okay. Like really getting to see myself through the eyes of like my soul, through the eyes of my soul family, through the eyes of my loved ones on the other side who are rooting me on. Yes. I'm like, yeah, like that's what it gets to be is a reflection of my value that I'm really getting to see now in a way that I haven't always seen. It's amazing. And it reminds me, I mean, first of all, that's exactly it starts here, right? <laughs> we need to have this full cup in here. And it reminds me, one of the most bold examples of what you're saying is a friend of mine, Cheryl Strayed, who some of you know, because she wrote the book Wild, which became a movie with Reese Witherspoon. And some people know the book, some people know the movie, some people know both. Um, And she wrote many other things. But she said to me, the most wild thing ever was that 
learning to fully and radically be in love with who and all that she is. That's it. And I don't know if you guys know, many of you know that she took an 1,100-mile hike by herself on the Pacific Crest Trail and basically walked home to herself. And when she was done with that hike, everything opened up in her life. And she was broke, drug-addicted, making all the wrong choices. Relationships, money, drug, like just all the wrong choices. And she was at such a low point. And this is nothing like where you are, but the sentiment is the same and who she became and where she landed is the same. And it's such a beautiful narrative of that journey that it doesn't matter the degree to which we are on that path. The message is such a good message. And it's the message that you just shared is that it took her being in such a full catastrophe of her life that she was like, well, if, if not now, when? And she just walked home to herself. And when she got to that last mile and she walked off that trail, she had nothing but pride and love for herself that she had soldiered through everything that she had soldiered through. And she had sat with and walked beside the little girl who had gone through the abuse and the trauma and losing her mother and all that led her to all those choices, which didn't come out of nowhere. And what happened? She ended the trail in Oregon, decided to stay there, met the love of her life. She's been married now for two decades, wrote a journal entry about the hike, which was supposed to be like a five-page nothing, which turned into an article in a magazine, which later turned into a novel, which later turned into a book and an Oscar and everything else. And it comes from the power The engine of everything that came from that was the feeling that you just said, that we all must meet ourselves there every day. Because otherwise, we are out of alignment and looking for love in all the wrong places. Seriously, like nothing will fill you, nothing will do it until you sit on that yoga mat or on that little corner of your room where you can just be there to welcome every part of you and say, I am proud of this person. I know where she's walked. I know how much there is to celebrate about all of this, period. It's important. It's essential. And once that happens, the amount of flow that comes in is huge because you are now whole and you are now no longer pushing away or holding yourself apart from that which you need to first give yourself. I feel that I, I really, I feel this shift. I feel an excitement of what is to come. Yeah. I think I just want to tell you this one last thing because it's, it's so on the point, but a friend of mine, Peter Crone, he's amazing. And I did an episode with him and some of you heard it, but there's this one moment in the episode, which is kind of like what we're talking about now, where he says that he was, he was in this horrible breakup. And he wanted this woman back so badly to the point where he was like physically sick and obsessed over, will she call? Why won't she call? And it was just insanity. And he had lost his parents at a young age. And so he had this hole. And then this love of this woman, when she broke up with him, it was just like, it triggered, he went up in flames. It was just like, he could not be without her love and approval. He couldn't do it. And he knew it wasn't healthy, but he was just in such agony. What can he possibly do that she's going to call? And days and weeks and months are going by and nothing. And in one moment, he said he was sitting at his desk and he realized it, the shift, which was how unhealthy and how out of alignment and how that was him not there for himself in the deepest way, thinking that she held the missing piece outside of him, that it was external to him. And he took a deep breath and he felt what you just talked about. And he felt that love of that little boy who lost his parents. 
and that brokenness. And all of a sudden, he said, this feeling came over him and he was free. And five minutes later, the phone rang and it was the woman. And she said, I've been thinking about it and I want to get back together. And he said, oh my God, you do not understand. If you would have called me six minutes ago, I would have run over there. He said, it's not healthy. The way I needed this dynamic was bound to make us codependent and it's so off. And he said, if it's meant to be, it'll be, but not right now. He never saw her or heard from her again. That was it. Never crossed paths. He's like, it was unbelievable. And Rupert Spira, who's a mutual teachers of mine and Peter Crohn's, has pretty much the exact same story of a love that went away. And But it's like that piece that's in our blind spot that needs something outside of us to do that celebration for us, that is the part that has to be healed. And we're the only thing that can actually provide that healing. And so what you just said is so fundamental. And look at the manifestation. As soon as he got it, the phone rang. Because wholeness is where we create from. And so boom, now he was on the wavelength. She goes, I don't know what possessed me. I had to call you. And he says, blessed and released. I mean, how many times has that happened in our life? Just when you no longer need it is when it's <laughs> Yeah. Because yeah. we don't need any of it. And we only get what we already are. It's all a reflection. It's all a hologram. And so the more love that comes in is only a reflection of the love that is. So how exciting because you entering 2024 with this surprise I didn't know I was, and like, here comes all of this celebration and love for yourself. That tells me that you're already, without even knowing it, going to be seeing the 3D manifestations of that level of love. That's so exciting. Thank you. What a gift. This being on here with you, like, I've never raised my hand. And so today I got home from my appointment. And my session and I did the meditation and I was like, I'm going to raise my hand today. And then I was like, I really want her to call me today. I really. And then you said my name. I was like, okay, it's happening. It's happening. I love it. Well, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I love it. I I, I mean, I just love all these conversations. I think we all need them. Daniela, I'm going to call you up. Where are you calling in from? Germany. I was like, I know you're somewhere, but not here. Dark. <laughs> yes. It's interesting because I was just going to take my head down. <laughs> you no longer needed me to call you. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting? It really is. <laughs> the whole thing is fascinating. It is. So cool. what was that meditation like for you? And what do you think 2024 could feel like if you lead from that place? Well... I could feel my mind jumping out of the meditation at first, but then I went really deeply into it. And I realized once more, and I actually had a very deep yoga class and meditation a few hours ago. Wow. And I once again realized that what I need and what 2024 could give to me or, or center me in is a place of groundedness. Because I've spent the past few years basically running around a lot, learning a lot, getting inspired a lot, taking in a lot of information, working on myself a lot. But this all just needs integration now. And yeah, I'm ready for that. I think I just need to figure out how to actually live that. So I love that, first of all, you spent so much yummy time today just making space to be here. We're all so busy that we 
we don't have the time to be here. We're always somewhere else. I love that. And I'm just curious because whenever I hear, as you know, what I'm going to say, whenever I hear people say I need to figure out, right? I'm always like, what is that about? Because there is a river. It's undeniable. We are always along this river, this path, and we're led to things. There's so much that's bigger than us, right? Like who's going to be on the Zoom call and what they're going to share and how that's going to affect the energy and who we meet in the lobby of the hotel and all the things that are so much beyond what we could predict. That's like the river that we are on. And so in every moment, the only thing to figure out is where is your alignment in that river? And it's always obvious. It's always obvious. But having the courage right. to trust your alignment is what's hard. It's okay. not about figuring it out because you don't know what's on the other side of the door. And it's not your business. It's not your business, right? Because these opportunities that come and the yummy people that you meet and the experiences that you're meant to have on the path are the stacked experiences that you need. But your job is to have the courage to choose the alignment of that river. I heard Oprah say, like, there's a mothership, she says, and then we're each these little ships. And our job is just to keep pointing ourselves in the direction of mothership. Like, that's another way to say it. But we can feel it. We can feel it all the time. What's in our alignment and what isn't? Are you in integrity? Are you out of integrity? Is it right? Is it not? That's a gut feeling. So I want to ask you a different question, which is not what do you need to figure out, but what do you need to have the courage to choose? Taking time to rest, taking breaks, slowing down, doing less. That's amazing. Because there's nothing there to figure out, right? Right. My friend Ryan Holiday, he's written all these books about like Stoics, Stoicism, and he has a podcast called The Daily Stoic. He had the same intuitive hit that you just had, and he hated it because he's a doer. So he told me that he hated hearing that because he couldn't really find the courage to do that. So he told his, he told his wife so many times that that's what he knew he needed to do, but it made no sense because he's very type A. So she said, I'm going to force you to do it. So they went away for this long sabbatical and he was very uncomfortable with this idea. He works. He's like a worker. He likes to work. It's funny because he's really interested in stoicism, but he wants to work. I mean, usually it's because that which we teach is that which we need to learn, right? Yeah. Same thing with me. That's why I went into learning meditation because I was a nervous wreck. So it's like, I understand. So he goes away on the sabbatical and he's like, this is so boring and he's so uneasy and he's so uncomfortable. And two weeks into the trip, he's in the sand playing with his son and he get like a wave. He gets the idea for his best-selling book. It was just like, and what was it about? That. That. Yeah. It's like, it's waiting there for us. We think that slowing down is slowing down. It's usually speeding up. Like usually the slowdown is when you quantum leap. Does that make sense? It's like, yeah, yeah you slow down in the right way and you speed up in the right way. Like that slowing down is where all the juice, you actually dig, dig into the well, right? And then you wind up ahead. Further, your slowing down is the speeding up. So I would love you to trust that. Yeah, I can feel it. Just like him and I guess like you, my nervous system, I can feel my nervous system going berserk because of all the things that I've practiced all these years. Yeah. I mean, it's the same story like the Cheryl Strayed story. Like she like took 1,100 yeah. mile hike. Yeah. And never believed that that hike means that she's going to make millions of dollars from the story of that. You know, it's like right. the thing that seemed the least productive and the most indulgent to go walk by yourself for 1100 miles 
it's like every wish she could never have even conceived of. You know, Reese Witherspoon playing her in a movie. She's like, are you kidding? Like, you know, so that is the figuring it out is is just trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing how hard it is? Because it's it's so uncomfortable. It's like going to a physical therapist and you're looking in the mirror and the physical therapist puts their hands on you and tells you like, this is alignment. And it feels so out of alignment because you've been walking crooked for so long. Right. And they're like, no, no, that actually is straight. And you're like, no, this is straight. And like, no, you're off. This is straight. And there's yes. this discomfort because we just, we, we've over-functioned for so long that we don't know how to be in what actually is and you said it, grounded, but you already are. I can tell you from talking to thousands of thousands of women, you're already ready. You're so grounded. Your energy is delicious. And you are, as we say, we manifest at the speed of safety. I think your nervous system is ready. I saw this awesome thing on Instagram. Somebody posted it, which is, I'll just show it to you. Here it is. And it says, the true measure of success is a calm nervous system. Yeah. And I said, true. So it's like Jeff Bezos and who it's like, do you have a calm nervous system? <laughs> like that's honestly what matters, right? And as soon as someone walks in a room, you can tell like how successful is this person's spirit? Mm-hmm. So you're already there. You yeah. just, it takes courage to make that choice to slow down. I can definitely relate to that. You know, I'm being forced to do that right now because my dad has cancer and it's getting to this other stage. And so I I was supposed to go back on Monday and I was like, oh, the moment is just telling me I'm not going back right now. Like I'm going to be here for another week. And then I don't know, I might go back California and then come back again. And it's like, it just is what is. And I was telling someone the same words. I guess I have to figure out all these things, my kids and their school. And it's like, no, we're just going to do life. I said to my kids, do you want to go back with dad and start? Two of them were like, no, we want to stay with you. And I was like, okay, so stay. You'll miss a week of school. It's actually only four days because school doesn't start till Wednesday. I was like, great. And we'll figure it out the following week. We don't need to know. We just need to, like, we just have to have the courage to let go of everything that the world tells us we need to do. And sometimes things are so obvious that it's helpful, that it becomes possible because it has to be possible. That's kind of what this moment is like. Normally, it's like, I have a this, I have that, I have... It's like, no, now it has to be possible. Right. Because there's no other way around it. Yeah. So I love each of you and everything that has come out of this conversation has just been so nourishing. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you slowing down. And you don't know what it does for everybody else because everybody needs it so badly. Thank you so much for calling me up. You're so welcome. (laughs) I hope that you got something from that. I want to give a huge thank you to Betsy and Amber and Daniela for letting us share this with all of you. Betsy's website is emichaley, M-C-H-A-L-E-Y dot com. And Amber is on Instagram at ambersusa dot L-O-M-I, A-L-L-O-M-I. Daniela does some really cool work helping horse owners create the most fulfilling connections to their horses through yoga and coaching. That is such a dream job. So if you're a horse person or you want to see some fun photos of horses, go follow her on Instagram at bodymindhorses. And we'll have the rest of their links in the show notes as well. But here are the takeaways. Number one, we don't realize how powerful we are. We don't realize how powerful energy is. When we change the tuning, we see another door open up. It was always there. Number two, be open and full of radical possibilities. Number three, what we actually want is something other than what we think we want. What we always want is that feeling of being more connected to our soul, more connected to something infinite. That's what we want all the time, and that is what is always available. Number four, the most wild thing ever is learning to fully and radically be in love with who and all that we are. Number five, we only get what we already are. It's all a reflection. It's all a hologram. Number six, we are always along this river that's going to lead us to where we need to be. Our job is to have the courage to trust our alignment with that river. 
Number seven, we think that slowing down is slowing down, but it's usually speeding up. The slowdown is when you quantum leap. And number eight, the quote-unquote figuring it out is trusting yourself. We have to have the courage to let go of everything that the world tells us we need to do and to trust our alignment. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being who you are so that I could share with you what's going on with me. I feel so seen and held by this community. I'm so happy to be in this year with you, along this ride with you. We have so many great episodes that are coming up, so please follow along on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. And if you want to support us, please leave us a review because it helps out more than you possibly could know. And if you think of someone who would appreciate this conversation, please share the podcast with them. Maybe this is the year that they'll start to listen and maybe it will crack something open for them. If you want to join us week after week in our membership and have the opportunity for this incredible community to meditate with me, coach with me, go to kathyheller.com slash quilt. I love you. I'll leave you in a song of mine and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>